Bears beats Battlestar Galactica. You really adopted the dark. I was born in it. Sounds like somebody's got a case of the Mondays. Bazinga. Two in the box. Ready to go. We be fast and baby slow. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. I should probably check to see if I'm still getting charged for the WWE pack uh, app. Because I, I, I signed up for it because the first month was free. And I don't think I ever... I don't think I ever said... I don't think I ever signed off of it. Probably so, you are then. Yeah. That sucks. So go check that out. All right. Uh, we're recording. Welcome to the Mount Geekmore podcast, uh, your favorite podcast, where you come to listen to uh, people uh, talk, debate, and argue over their favorite top four, Mount Rushmore's, if you will, of their favorite pop culture subjects. Today's pop culture subject, as you can tell by looking at your listening device, is our favorite cinematic school teachers. Uh, school is uh, about to, down here in Miami, school is about to restart. Um, even though <laughs> we're still in the middle of a pandemic and we're the fucking epicenter, but whatever, it's okay, Governor DeSantis. You fucking do whatever you think is right. Um, and uh, and uh, and teachers, get, all me out. <laughs> get another job. Um, <laughs> anyways, uh, <laughs> uh, because of the fact that uh, people are going back to school, and we actually have two uh, educators on the panel. That's usually on the panel. Uh, I uh, I thought it would be a good idea, and I thought it would be long overdue to give our teachers some respect, our cinematic teachers some respect. Uh, so we are doing this episode. Uh, I am Nary Science. With me, as usual, is David. Howdy. And we have Daniel DeBona. What up, y'all? And then we got Missy, Mr. Mino. Bucka, Hello. Bucka, 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 bucka. Uh, back in Not the house. Not that one. <laughs> I, did, I didn't say Elliot. I said Missy, Mr. Mino. So, you know, that's okay. Uh, We're having an off day. I'm going to be cool. Uh, so uh, let's go around the horn and talk about how you guys came up with your list. Uh, let's start off with David, uh, the man on the top right corner of my Zoom. Uh, how, how did you guys uh, come up with your list, David? So uh, for me, I, I initially wanted to go a little unconventional here and, and go with uh, teachers that I have loved but aren't necessarily – um, you know, your, your traditional, like maybe first thought when you think of a teacher. Um, and then when, when you, Neri mentioned that the, the purpose of this was to, uh, to kind of, you know, give props to, to classroom teachers. I was like, ah, kind of seems in bad taste to, uh, well, I didn't really say classroom teachers. I just, well, my, my, to the listener, this is to the listener. I said, I don't really, um, we've, we've had so many, um, we've already done an episode where we talk about coaches, um, and a lot of the coaches, high school coaches and sports coaches, like it's very easy. Of course they're educators and of course they are teachers as well, but we kind of gave them their, their time in the sun already. So I didn't want to just, you know what I mean? Because there was no crossover when we did the coaches episode, nobody ever brought up, you know, Mr. Hand. Uh, from so I, I I didn't feel it right. right. I'm like let's just you know let's give them a full episode. Let's give teachers a full episode without including coaches because we gave coaches a full episode without including classroom teachers. But I didn't technically say classroom, but I get what you're saying. But yeah, well yeah, I I, I kind of took that as as inspiration to say you know what let me give props to 
some of the uh, some of the school teachers in movies that uh, I feel are uh, positive influences. Uh, the ones that that I kind of look to, uh, aside from obviously uh, some of the teachers who taught me and, and teachers that I work with, where I say like that is a that's a damn good teacher, and and I I would uh, I would love to teach with them. And and just to give a just uh, we're not going to mention names of schools and stuff, but uh, uh, David, how long have you been teaching professionally? How long have you been teaching? Uh, I am about to begin my thirteenth year as an educator. Oof! As a, as a teacher, I, I was. Uh, you were a tutor of, uh, before. I, I I tutored before, and I I, I did uh, uh, you know like stuff here and there, but yeah, uh, but professionally, thirteen years. Thirteen years, uh, Debona. How, how long have you been teaching? We'll get to missing a minute. I just wanted to know how long you've been teaching. Uh, I have been teaching. This will be the beginning of my twelfth year. Twelfth year. Yeah, I'm about oh, to start my twelfth year. Jesus teaching. Christ! All right. Uh, so, Missy, how did you guys? How did you make your selection? Um, on my couch. Movies that I like. <laughs> that was my first uh, criteria. Um, so I hang on, sorry. Um, I in another life wanted to be a teacher. I think that 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 has to be like the best profession, in my opinion, on the planet. It didn't work out for me, but salute to all the teachers. So these the the people that the teachers that made my mountain are the ones that either a I've had teachers like these and they changed my life or be them, the character in some way impacted me in that kind of teacher student, like paradigm. Mm-hmm. So it was pretty straightforward. I, I thought I wasn't asked to be on the panel. I was told to be on the panel and I thought it was going to be really hard to come up with this list. And I, I had it done in like 10 minutes and I, I haven't even looked at it in two days. So that was like, that's it. That's, that's what I'm going to talk about. So it was pretty straightforward. Movies that I like, teachers that I either had or somehow like affected in that stu- teacher-student kind of way. All right. Uh, Debona, how did you come up with your list? So one of the main things I did when thinking about the people who are going to be on my list was I made sure the fact that them teaching was central to the storyline in the movie. Uh, there are there are plenty of characters that I really like who are teachers, but it's just kind of like a subset of who they are. Like it's you know they're a teacher, but that's not what the movie's about. I tried to make sure that these were people who were actively teaching in the movie, and that's what it was. And I went for teachers that I felt like took uh, took people uh, it took the the kids that they were teaching and made them understand something very special about themselves or something very important about the world, or in one case, both of those things, people who had a deep impact on who they were teaching, uh, not necessarily just a cool character who was also a teacher, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, I um, I I don't know if I, I really just thought about movies that impacted me for the most part there's like a couple in here that i wouldn't know i wouldn't say exactly impacted me but um they were really good teachers in those movies uh other one other movies i thought about like this movie impacted me and if they were a teacher in that movie that impacted me i'm gonna put them on there so just looking at my list now i have like uh my number one was that like a like the 
only like it was the first thought that I had in my eye. I was like, this is this is what this is the teacher movie right here. And I'm hoping that uh, I know David like two years ago when I first saw it had told me that he hadn't seen it, and I was like, oh boy, you would bug him. All right. You know what? I, I still haven't seen it. Uh, and well, I, 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 felt, I felt terrible for not having watched this. You should. Um, I bawled my eyes out, and uh, and I think it's a great it's a great pick. However, with that said, not all of these like I think that's a great caveat that that um that the Bona had as far as like they had to be the main thing was them in the classroom. Uh, I'd say most of mine are about that. Uh, maybe maybe fifty percent are not. I don't know. I'm trying. One of them is kind of iffy. With that said, um, to piggyback off what what um missy said yeah i i went to, i started going to school to be a teacher like the, when i graduated high school my thought was i'm gonna be a teacher and it's gonna i'm gonna be uh, i'm gonna teach at my old high school because right that's what we all want to do like uh, <laughs> i'm gonna teach at my old high school that i just now left. You went to public school? Uh, i i i i enjoyed my high school I, I did go to public school. Well, your public school was better than my public school, so I understand that. I went. Well, uh, I, I mean, I went to public school, and I had a very good high school experience. I didn't. I was not a cool guy. I was not a jock, but I definitely wasn't picked on either. I just had a cool high school experience, and I thought this would be cool to come back here and uh, and teach. TC's kids. Um, with that said, uh, with that said, the comedy gods. Uh, I know the bone knows that reference. How do I read? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and uh, and then the comedy gods were like, "We're just gonna keep giving you work at the improv until you realize there's a fucking there's a different calling." And so that's what happened to me. But with that said, uh, let's go ahead. Ooh, I didn't even realize I hadn't even opened this up yet. Sorry about that, guys. Um. Let me see here. You know, you know what's interesting is that um, when when I was in high school, I thought I'm going to go out and get a real job, and then when I retire, maybe I'll teach at my at my alma mater at, at, at my high school. Uh, so it was kind of like the reverse for me, oh, and here I am. Yeah. And then, and then every time we try to get out, they try to. They- Suck you, back suck you right back in. Uh, all right, man. Let's get off in the number fours. With the fourth pick. Number four. Round four. I'm in no mood for your wife's crap. Let's get it on. All right. Uh, number four. Uh, David, hit me up, man. What do you got for your number four, bro? Uh, my number four is Mr. Vernon from The Breakfast Club. I think that his I don't care about children attitude is fantastic. Is he a teacher? I thought he was an assistant principal. I thought he was an assistant principal. We got, oh, that's another thing. He is, he, is a, he is an assistant principal, and he's not my pick because he's a fucking terrible educator. Thank you. I I just saw that movie a couple of days ago, and I was like, all right, fine. I, 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 but I, I, had, I knew that's why I knew he was an assistant principal. And this is, this is a good question. This is a good question. Are administrators, did they, any administrators make your list? Uh, no administrator made my list. However, I do consider administrators educators. Okay. Uh, they're like teachers are on a very macro level, educators and administrators on are on a, a macro level, educators. Yeah. So you know, micro, macro, it's just um, it's uh, they're influencing policy. 
And, uh, I I appreciate the fact that many more students. I affect, I I appreciate the fact that you use hand gestures to signify the difference between macro and micro to me because it's like oh okay because like I'm that stupid that I'm like oh good I didn't know what micro and macro meant. Thank God he signified that with his hands. <laughs> micro machine. Yeah, no, I get it. I get it. That's the, <laughs> that, that's the joke. It's like it's he was explaining it to me. Uh, all right, I, uh, so I wasn't explaining it. It was just the, the Cuban in me has to speak with his hands. <laughs> so I'm just gonna be doing this for the rest of the. What's the uh? What you have something uh, no, behind your my, ear? <laughs> <laughs> my uh, my real pick is uh, Remus Lupin from uh, from the Harry Potter uh, Prisoner of Azkaban. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna just put Lupin. Uh, prisoner, right? That's the only one he really prisoner. taught in. Yep. Harry Potter right. Prisoner. All right, uh, Missy, what you got for your number four? Yes. Your number four. Okay. This one blurs the line a little bit. Technically, she is a teacher for the movie, just not in her other life. My number four pick is the Lord slash Sister Mary Claren from Sister Act 1 and 2. <laughs> So can I just tell you? So can I just tell you? Can I just tell you? When you said Dolores, I was like, "Oh my God, she's gonna fucking say from Harry Potter. She's gonna say fucking uh, Umbridge." I was like, "She's gonna go for it," and you did it. But you did it. I haven't, I haven't seen those movies because I haven't read the books, and I'm, I'm, I'm working on it. But I, ha- I don't know what that. Means, well, I, I yes, legit thought you were gonna go Umbridge, and I was like, holy shit, she's gonna it go for my troll before I go for it. It would have been the teacher equivalent of his Breakfast Club. Yeah. <laughs> oh, then no. But but with a magical wand, so <laughs> that's that would have been. Um. So what, um, what was her name? Dolores. What? Well, her name is Dolores, but it's also Sister Mary Clarence. So I don't know which one you want to go with, but she's both. Mary <laughs> Clarence. So um, I think that this, well, she's a teacher in the second one, actually. I just, it just clicked in my brain. Um, the best one. What she does for that music class. I mean, get out of here. She's a great music teacher. Uh, hey. I haven't seen Mr. Holland's opus, but I would say she's better than him. No. <laughs> <laughs> You've been hanging out with Nary an awful lot. I haven't seen this thing that's clearly a masterpiece, but I'm going to go ahead and say that this other thing is... There are a lot of things that are supposed to be masterpieces that I don't like, and that's just... I'm broken. I don't know what to tell you. I'm sorry. Uh, we're, we can't we're, blame it on Nary. We're broken together, BFF. We're broken together. Oh, and then I got to fix it. I know. <laughs> I know. Me and Missy, we were watching stuff that we should that everybody's been raving about for a year. Like, let's finally watch it. And then we did. We're like, I don't... Don't give a fuck about this. Do you care about this? All right, let's get out. <laughs> we pull, oh, yeah. And we we so, are we are rip cording motherfuckers too. Me and Missy, we pull the rip cord real quick. We're like, oof, we're episode four of what? Ten? <sighs> so what's going on with how I met your mother? Like, like just fucking pull the rip cord. <laughs> that that legitimately happens and 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 I, I don't know. No regrets. No regrets, man. So All right, anyways, Sister Mary Clarence. So what she does for that music class is amazing I think she doesn't have to go back to the school in the second movie but she does because it's a good art and the way that she impacts them I think obviously she has brings a more relatable aspect to the music class than any other nun slash teacher would have to that school 
And I just remember that when I was a kid and I watched that that movie, it was really impactful to me because I was in a lot of music classes and I was in chorus and I did like I I was in shows and stuff like that. So I could relate to like that connection that you have when somebody sees something in you and like pushes you to to go for it, you know, to dive into that talent. Um and yeah, and I also, fun fact, I was part of the talent show in my summer camp, and I performed one of the songs. So, that was a special place in my heart. That's my number four. Hey, man, one of her students went on to be in the Fuji's, so you know what? Uh, I think she did a great <laughs> fucking job. She That's did a right. great fucking job. So, uh, well, she's also Lauren Hill, but whatever. We'll yeah, just, I mean... We'll just, uh, We'll just keep that Sister Act 2 being a part of this show running joke alive. So. <laughs> I love Sister Act 2. I don't give a fuck. No, I lo- no regrets. I, 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 I think it's a fun pick. It's been a long time since I've seen those movies, honestly. Like, I had forgotten she was even a teacher until you said her name. But it's a, I like. I got nothing against the pick. Um, what is it? What's your What's Sister Act uh, to Rotten Tomato score, Neri. I think it's like eight. Because he's really I, mad about it. I, that's I, why I'm, I'm super you know. upset about it. Like it's like seven percent or something, seven or eight percent. It's <laughs> yeah, that's there are like Twilight movies. It's the prime there are example. Movies that have a higher score than Sister Act. Two. Sharknado <laughs> movies. There are Sharknado movies that have a higher score. Like, do you understand how fucking like yes. ridiculous this system <laughs> is? I, that's my go-to movie when I when they when somebody brings up Rotten Tomato scores. I'm 17. like. Seventeen percent. There you go. Seventeen. That's what it is. Seventeen percent. I'm like seventeen percent. And there's legitimately Sharknado movies. I think there's one Sharknado movie that's higher than that. Like that's all it takes. I don't care. Like it doesn't matter. Like the fact that there's one Sharknado movie that's not that's rated higher than uh, a zero is you know bananas. But whatever. and shout out to Jeff because because as a direct result of being friends with Jeff, I've seen all the Sharknado movies and I can attest to the fact. That Sister Act 2 was getting screwed. <laughs> those movies were the worst thing I've ever sat I like the fact that you said shout out to. You okay. said, I like the fact that you said shout out to Jeff because he's the one that made me watch all those movies and you're still giving him a shout out. I think he's to blame. I don't think that's a credit. I think that's something to... I, okay? I think you should say like, "Oh, by the way, fuck you, Jeff, for making me watch all those movies." I think that was something <laughs> along those lines, man. I was trying to be diplomatic, and you fucking ruined it. Uh, all right, all right. Uh, so, so anyway, hey, man, that's my number four, Sister Mary Clarence. I'm down with it. I like it. Uh, what do we got, the Bono? What do we got? Uh, number four. My number four is uh, a teacher who. I did a lot for a group that didn't expect her to. You know, that, that's just kind of how this genre of films goes. And my number four is Aaron Gruel, um, played by Hilary Swank in Freedom Riders. What a great, great movie. Oh, um, wow. You went with the you went with the rich cola yeah. of Dangerous Minds? I, you I went- did because... <laughs> really? Wow. No, no, no. No, here's... Okay, so here's the thing. I thought I thought of it now here's I contemplated doing Dangerous Minds of a Freedom Writer. But when it comes down to it, the classroom and the actual education in the room and using the writing aspect of that class was a more pivotal plot point than just being there for the kids like in Dangerous Did you just hear what you said? Did you just hear what you said? In Freedom Writers in Freedom Riders, it was the the curriculum and the things that she was doing as a teacher were more pivotal 
to the overall experience and the growth of the kids in the movie than actually and, being there for the children and teaching them karate the and teaching them karate look here's the thing <laughs> hillary swank aaron gruel was there for the kids every bit as much as in dangerous minds but the actual curriculum and forcing them to become writers was a vital part of the movie i'm with the bone on this what's yeah. the what, what's uh, the name of the movie Freedom, Freedom, Freedom Writers. Freedom Writers. That's Writers. Yes. Um, she, it, it's, I mean, it's, it is. It's the same, uh, it's the same nuts and bolts movie as Dangerous Minds with an equally good, a better soundtrack, honestly. But, um, but she uses the, the writing aspects in that room to help these kids work through so much by helping them, by making them keep diaries and do writing entries about, the hardships of their life. At one point, there's a kid passing um, a note with something anti-Semitic in it, and it turns into this whole lesson about the Holocaust. There's a kid in the class who doesn't even know what the Holocaust is. And it becomes this whole thing um, about life experiences, and it's, it's, it's really good. And I was torn as to whether I was going to pick this or Dangerous Minds, but her actual teaching and curriculum and doing schoolwork was what made what what put her into this spot for me uh she's a she's a woman who gives everything for her classroom her husband leaves her because she's so she's so engrossed in making these kids better people she's taking part-time jobs afterwards and she's using the extra money to buy stuff for the kids in her room to buy them books and to buy them materials because that's not stuff her school is able to give to her she does so much for these kids while making so many things relatable and forcing, also forcing them to realize that just because they live in the same area, their life experiences are all very, very different. And I, I went into this movie because somebody forced me to watch it, fully expecting to not like it. I'm always, I'm hot, cold with Hillary Swank. I thought it was just going to be a, a slot fest. And it ended up being very very good i can see this as the type of movie that if this had come out earlier when i originally went to college i'd planned on being a high school english teacher and this is one of those things that that would have lit that fire in me if it had come out before i'd already made my switch to special ed where i am now but it, it's it's a very inspirational movie hillary swank does an amazing job and as like the kids are basically all playing by unknowns it's it's a very good movie. It's very emotional. She does an excellent job teaching. There are some wonderful lessons in it. So, yeah, I'm going with Aaron Gruel from Freedom Writers. All right. It's awesome pick, man. I love this movie. All right. Let's go there. That I haven't there. seen it, but I want to buy it now. So It's really good. Oh, good. It'll be in the same list. I, I, def, I definitely, like I said, I definitely think it's a superior movie to Dangerous Minds. All right. I agree. I think Dangerous Minds was more, spoke more to the socioeconomic yeah. status of her class, whereas in Freedom Writers from the trailer that I watched on silent, um, deals more with the actual impact of education. Yes. And, which and, both, and both are opposite sides of the same coin, so they, they both work for their, their own, in their own Wh right. Which one of them gave their students uh, candy bars? 
<laughs> I guess. <laughs> so, so we have a clear winner. Right? I mean, we have a clear winner. All right, Neary, thanks. Neary, I made my list based on who had the best treasure chest and treats. Correct. Um. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that's hilarious. Uh, my number four, uh, this is like the back-to-back episodes of Redemption for me, uh, or uh, however you want to say it. I don't even know what word to use here. Maybe I should take a Freedom Writers class. Um, is uh, My number four is Professor Snape from the Harry Potter series. Uh, All right. I, le- I like the pick. I legitimately uh, love this dude. I love them from the jump. I love them from the jump. Never thought he was evil. I didn't buy into that bullshit. Uh, and... Um, and I had an argument with my wife who had seen all the movies. I recently watched every single movie, every single one of those movies. Uh, in the last, f- uh, like I watched them all were like four days, in four, like three and a half days. I watched all eight movies and uh, I was doing a trivia. So I was like trying to write all these trivia questions and then got swept up in it. I was like, oh, this is actually really good. Because uh, when I watched them one at a time throughout the years, I was like, this shit sucks. I don't like this. Um, however, I did like part five always. Um, but uh, watching R eight, I was like, "Oh, this is good. This is really good." But Professor Snape, in in general, I love the way he always defended and protected Harry, even if it wasn't obvious to everybody at that time. I I always felt I'm like he's he's protecting and defending this kid. Um, and then you get the I don't understand how anyone who knows the entire story can't love and defend Snape. Like I, I am a total Snape apologizer. He's he's the fucking man. Uh, I yeah, I think he's fantastic. Um, but I, again, I always made the argument of like, no, he's defending Harry. I didn't know why because until I saw the until I saw the the final movie. Um, but after you watch the final movie, you go, yeah, this is okay. That's uh. That's a thing. So I don't want to say yeah, too much because because uh, Missy hasn't seen it, so I don't want to give too many details. But I just uh, I just do acknowledge the fact that uh, I always uh, defended uh, Snape because I was like, his. You may not like his methods, and you may not like the fact that he dresses in all black. Uh, but he, you know, Johnny Cash dressed in all black, and he was cool as shit. What are they talking about? Well, yeah, yeah look, you know. I, I mean, based on you know David's pick that I tabled, obviously I've got somebody else from Harry Potter, but. I, I was, this is another one, I was torn. I knew it was going to be between Snape and who I picked. And I think that Snape is, uh, the reason I didn't go with Snape, but he's, but the reason he's so good is because you're right. He is, he's always there from the very beginning to the very end. And he, even though he's a prick and, and he's always at war with somebody and he, you know, it comes across like he doesn't care about the kids. As you get into it, you always have the feeling that he's got the kid's best interest at heart, and so I, I can't be mad at the pick. And I, I, I love. Plus, you can't can't go wrong with Alan Rickman when we're talking movies. But uh, it, I mean, it's it's stellar pick, man. Always. Um. Yeah. Uh. Professor Snape uh, from Harry Potter series. Uh. And uh, I, I, I. You know when I when I saw when I thought about it, I was like, uh, to pick anybody else. There was nobody else who was uh, that we saw in the classroom as much throughout the series uh, than we did Snape. And even, again, the movies aren't necessarily about the teachers. Obviously, it's fucking titled Harry Potter. But the fact that he was a teacher in uh, every one of the movies, with the exception of maybe the last one, but even the last one, the the, the lesson that he taught, the lesson that you learned from him, you're like, oh fuck. Um, so, well, 
and, and and that's the thing. Like his, I the the reason I ended up going with with uh, the other is because while he's a pivotal member of the 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 whole school and he's very very important to it, his in the classroom stuff isn't what made him so great. You know, when he was just potions teacher, it was like he was there and you kind of saw him. It was his it was his stuff behind the scenes and and when he was when he was teaching lessons in study hall and after school and stuff like that that he was so important. Okay. I mean, we did teach him about werewolves, so. <laughs> Guess that means fucking nothing to you. Uh, whatever. Um, uh, all right. So our number fours were Lupin from Harry Potter, Prisoner of Azkaban, uh, Sister Mary Clarence from Sister Act 2, uh, not uh, Dangerous Minds chick from uh, Freedom Riders and oh Professor God. Snape from Harry Potter. <laughs> Those are our number fours. Uh, all right. And round three. Three is a magic number. Yes, it is. <laughs> all right. Number three. Uh, Dave, what do we got for our number threes? All right. My number three is Sharon Norberry from Mean Girls. <laughs> okay. Ooh, yeah. I like it. I, like it. I, um, I absolutely love this movie. It is um, one of my favorite comedies. And Miss Norberry is like the very definition of a good teacher. Mm-hmm. She cares. Uh, she cares about her students. She uh, takes an active interest in in their lives, uh, in and out of the classroom. She's, uh, she's smart, uh, and, and she knows how to teach the material too. And, and that is, even though we don't see her, uh, obviously she's not the focus of the movie. It's more the social aspect of, of the students. That's the, the focus of the movie. But when we do see her in the classroom, she knows how to teach. And so often I feel like when we have teachers that are really intelligent, they're more interested in showing us how smart they are than in teaching us effectively. And Miss Norberry does that. She teaches so effectively. Uh, and, and to the point where even when uh, Katie wasn't paying attention in the class, she can still remember the lesson months later during, uh, during a math leads competition. Um, and then the, the fact that she just pushes her students to accomplish everything that they possibly can. Uh, she's, she's just, she's a good teacher. She's a really she's good not teacher. just a regular teacher. She's a cool teacher. Right. That's a great way of putting it. Um, and then on top of that, I think she's funny. Cause the well, yeah, obviously it's Tina Fey. It's, it's Tina Fey, right? The interactions that they have with her, um, outside of the classroom, I think are hilarious. Right. I'm a pusher, uh, Caddy. I'm a pusher. Right. Uh, your grandma, your, your nana, and I have that same problem. You know, that's <laughs> those sorts of comments that uh, <sighs> that she just kind of lets go. They're they're very Liz Lemon. You know, you can kind of feel uh, a little bit of Liz Lemon starting to germinate in her brain as as she was creating the Snorberry, and um, I love it. You know, it's uh, it's definitely one of uh, one of my favorite movies about schools, and she's my number three. I think that if you're a girl, like, even if you wanted to not 
even pay attention to Mean Girls because it looks very, like, what's well, a very cliche looking, like, at least the advertising, the marketing for it was very cliche. But even if you wanted to, like, ignore, even if you wanted to go in there and hate that movie, like, you can't because on two levels, first of all, if you're a girl watching that movie, it's a diary of being a woman. Like, that's just what it is. It's, it's different fucking clothes later on in life, but it's the same thing. And number two, I think that the elements that the teachers bring into the story um, really added dimension to it that not a lot of high school movies or coming-of-age movies really have, really take the time to implement. Um, Breakfast Club is a magnificent movie, but they make the teacher or the educator an apple. Mm -hmm. So, like, I think that it's a good way to flip it on the genre, like, independently. And, of course, like, I'm a huge... Tina Fey fan. I love everything she's ever done. And um, yeah, I think that's like an amazing. She's an amazing, like the teacher, the character is an amazing right. teacher. Yeah. And for a shitty subject, because I'm like all words, but so I don't, like, I don't care about if, math. If she had been my math teacher, I would have loved math. I would have failed, but I would have liked being there for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so. I, uh, I, this is, uh, this is the. To, this is my what um, what we do in the shadows is to Dave. This is my that uh, a movie that everybody else likes, and I just think it's it's uh, dog shit. Um, and uh, I don't think it's funny. Wow, at, you I, don't just dislike I, it. I don't think that movie's fun. I don't think that movie is funny at all. And I was okay, so disappointed well, please, when please I found out. Put, don't put words in my mouth. I never said what we do in the shadows is dog shit. Well, yeah, I just meant you the fact that you don't like it. I, I wasn't quoting you. I was fucking just giving my quote. Yeah, it was just the one thing. <laughs> Jesus. Um, I laughed twice. Okay, well, I um, that's more than what I did at, at Mean Girls. I laughed more in this podcast than I did at Mean Girls. So, and we're at fucking thirty three minutes. So, go figure that. And I'm a huge what? Tina Fey fan. And then when I found out Tina Fey wrote it, I was so disappointed. I was like, Tina Fey wrote that shit. Um, so I'm a huge Tina Fey fan. Seeing all her, you know, seeing seeing the the shows that she's on, and she's been on a couple, including the one on Netflix that got canceled after two seasons. That that shit was hilarious too. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I have her book which again i don't have many books uh so the fact that i have her book shows you how much i like her um i just this movie's dog shit to me and i don't think it's funny at all whatsoever uh i don't remember even what? chuckling at this movie so but that but did again i wish i did i wish I, I with no at all i don't think this movie is funny at all so with that said i want to reiterate the fact that i wish i did this is much more like one of those things like we've talked about this when we talked about music like i wish i did like it like i wish i liked um what's his name um uh what's it that uh, walk the line what's his name fuck what am i what am i having oh, johnny cash, johnny cash. Oh. like i wish i liked johnny cash's music and i don't like johnny cash's music but i wish i did like i i don't i just don't like i listen to it i'm like this does nothing for me except for like two of the it songs that, that so he didn't write he said that about johnny cash. you might as well be punching me in the gut over and over again oh, like, i wish uh See, these, these are things that that we've spoken about on the podcast before so it's, it's oh, not Information to me. But you, yeah, yeah. But again, and I again, I reiterate the fact, and I, this is forever lost in the stories when it gets told. Like Neri doesn't like. Like I wish I did. I'm not. I, I just wish I. I just don't. Like there are things that me and Missy, you know, watched earlier this week that we both wish we would have liked, but we fucking didn't. It's, it's well, the okay. same well, thing. We're talking about 
about is the Mandalorian, and we I haven't finished it, so maybe the at the tail end of the first season and exp- will make ex- me. Can you explain to them why we didn't where we didn't finish it? If you're not into it halfway through. You're not gonna exactly it. We literally if, just if looked you're at not each- into it by episode three. Yeah, we yeah. literally were on episode four, and we looked at each other, and we're like, and she said it to me, and I felt the same way. She goes, "I don't really care about this, do you?" And I'm like, "Bro, thank God you said it, because wow. I don't really give a fuck you're about this." Uh, again, I'm just being honest. This is things that I wish I liked, but I don't. I don't know what to tell you. I'm just giving you examples of things I wish I liked and I don't. Mean Girls is on that list. I know that opinion. I I know that opinions are subjective, but so are your views on people who don't like certain things. (laughs) Wait, wait, wait! Can I can I just say that I'm still on the fence? I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying I'm on the fence. Oh, I would like to say oh no, but I, we, you and I said the same thing about Mandalorian. We, I, I literally said the same thing, and I had this full conversation with Will Watkins, a friend of ours, and I was like, I didn't say I didn't like it. I just said I don't... I, I was literally watching it going like, I wonder what Barney's doing right now and How I Met Your Mother. Like That was my was reaction to it. I'm like, I just had... I just I was like, what's that? Squirrel? Like, I just... Uh, you know, again, I didn't say I didn't like it. I just said I didn't really care for it. That's not the same as not liking something. So, with that said, uh, um, the Bono, what is your? Uh, well, I'm sorry, Missy, what is your number three? Oh right, I mean, just uh, my number three is Miss Honey from Matilda. So, what? Nobody's seen Matilda uh, in this room. No, no, no. I know. Uh, I, actually, I I've seen Matilda, um, like uh, to the point of nausea. Me my- too. My cousins were really into this movie and okay. when, it, when it first came out, and so it drove me insane. So I have nothing but bad memories of me trying to say, "Look, can we watch Star Wars?" Poor Look, Missy. Can we watch Indiana Jones? Poor Missy. Look, She's just getting anything? fucking, just getting gut punched over yeah. and over again. So, <laughs> if I had, if I had seen the movie Matilda, there's a very good chance she would make my list. And if we were doing literary teachers then miss honey would be on my list i've just never seen matilda i've read it multiple times so i'm very familiar with miss honey but i've never seen the movie so i didn't put her on my list i just found out matilda was a book right now when the bono just said it okay so (laughs) i assume it's always a book this movie this movie came on 96 so technically i was too old to really like this movie or want to watch this movie but i may or may not have snuck into the movies that day, and that was the first tour I ran into, and I'm glad it was. Um, Miss Honey is like the best teacher. First of all, Matilda, I was as a character that was super relatable to me, even at 13, even though she was like, I don't know, six or seven in the movie. I think eight. I'm not sure. I haven't seen it in a while, but um, but she's like a kid that's in her own, that creates her own little bubble from a very shitty kind of home life, and her way of dealing with that is by diving head first into the library and books and stuff like that. That was super fucking relatable to me. But then having a teacher in your life, like this is what goes back to what I was saying in the beginning where it's like I could see myself, I could see a teacher that I had had up to that point that had that kind of impact in me. Um, That kind of sees, you're kind of a weird kid, but the teacher sees like why you're a weird kid. I don't know if I'm making myself, if it makes sense. But and and then kind of gravitates to make sure that she encourages that in you, even though the rest of the scene is more is more militant, more like not as as fun as it is 
to in, to indulge in the stuff that you like when you're a kid because that makes you weird. So it's an even smaller bubble. Um, she's like a great character. She's a great teacher, and then she ends up adopting Matilda, which is like fucking spoiler. Would have been dude. great for some people. Oh my god. Um, <sighs> twenty-four years, Harry. Yeah, well, you know what? We talked about we talked about Harry Potter. I didn't fucking spoil shit for her, but no. All right, don't give me the same respect. I get it. I see what it is. Fine. You haven't even confirmed that you had seen it or not. No. Yeah. yeah no. Miss Miss Honey. Miss Honey is such a great pick in that fact that not only does she embrace the fact that Matilda's different and weird, but she she does everything she can to push Matilda even further she's one of those great teachers who recognizes that a kid can do more and pushes them to reach their fullest potential and not just like not like the you know the the street kid who like doesn't try and it turns out they're a genius like this is a girl that everybody knows is real smart she's like yeah but also she has telekinesis so i should figure that out and i should figure out how to <laughs> like she 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 gets that her potential lies way beyond just essentially her photographic memory of anything she's ever read and she pushes her to establish everything that she's capable of this is the same little girl yeah. from uh mrs doubtfire. mrs doubtfire right right all right making sure. yeah but i think this was after um yeah so that's my number three thing. yeah like i said is she there's a very good possibility because my wife brought her up and the very first thing I said was, I can't put her on my list. I've never actually seen Matilda. But it's I've such read a sweet, it's such a sweet movie. I would encourage you watching it with your kids. I played it for one of my little cousins, and she liked it so much that I had a similar experience to what they did, which was I babysat for her for like I, I babysat with her for a weekend, and we literally only watched this movie. Like it and was finished, and she was started again. Don't Danny DeVito and Rhea Perlman play her POS parent? So good. Yeah. I do remember that. Well, he's a car salesman, right? Yeah, yeah, but yeah. like he's like a shifty, like used car salesman. Like when you use it as yeah, a listen, negative term, they, they, when uh, you use the term "used car salesman" as a negative term, you're talking about Danny about this character. <laughs> Daniel, <laughs> Daniel, I gotta be out. I gotta tell you something, Daniel. Uh, here in Miami, we don't say car car salesman in a positive way. It doesn't matter whether you're a fucking Ferrari car <laughs> salesman or it doesn't matter you what. Like you, to me, there are drug dealers in the streets who have like way more better reports. Yeah, than yeah, I, <laughs> I, I, I've. Met, I've met drug dealers and I'm like, no, nah, he's not a bad guy, bro. He's just in a bad place in life. I've never met a car dealer. I've never met a car dealer who's like, come on, bro, give him a fucking chance. No, my, he's a piece of shit. My, my, head, my hetero life mate sells cars, so I, I gotta, you know, I'm, oh, I'm very familiar yeah. with at least no. one good one. That's the no, most. I think the other thing that I, that I, I mean, now as an adult watching it, I was like, that's not how you're supposed to do that. But at the end, how... Well, I don't want to spoil it because then I'm going to get shit for it. So never mind. But it's a good movie. You should watch it. Well, she ends up being adopted. I do want to say, Missy, that my my opinion of the movie is neither. It's based on trauma, not because it's a bad movie. That trauma is the experience with the movie, my relationship with the movie, not the movie itself. I haven't seen it in years. So, I mean, it it, it could be amazing. I just, at this point, I've blocked so much of it out. It's a good. It's a really. So I'm, I'm not. I'm not knocking the pick. I, I remember mm-hmm. liking the movie the first. You know, five well, or six what, times I saw it. Five, I, had six times. I had a similar. <laughs> I had a similar. I had a similar experience. Like the exact same thing happened when I was babysitting Amelia for a weekend. 
like it would finish. And I was like, what about like cartoons or like that playhouse? And she was like, no, I want to keep watching the book. So for the longest <laughs> time, I had a new diversion to the movie. But it still holds like such a special place in my heart because it's, it's such a sweet movie. And yeah. Miss Honey is like the best. Who plays so, Miss Honey? Um, uh, I think her name is Pam Ferris. I'm not mistaken. Bien conocida. Uh, all right. Um, Debona, no, what do you got for your number three? My number three pick is a gentleman who does not start the movie as a teacher, has no intentions of actually being a real teacher and um, sticking with it, but ends up being a casebook example of the fact that if there's something you just absolutely love, then you're going to become great at teaching it. My number three is Dewey Finn from School of Rock. Man, I was I so I, th- I thought me and you had the same number three, and I was like, here we go. Uh, no, no, oh, no. Um, Dewey Finn from School of Rock is played by Jack Black. He's a guy who gets kicked out of his own band for showboating, and they just don't like the way that he is. So he gets kicked out of his band. He's just desperately trying to make money so his roommate doesn't kick him out. And he takes a sub job that's supposed to go to his roommate, pretending to be his roommate. Uh, He's pretending. And so he goes to this uppity private school and he's supposed to be teaching a regular curriculum, realizes that these kids have insane musical talent, turns them into a rock band. And so what starts off is a very selfish initiative, which is I'm going to use these kids to win battle of the bands he realizes these kids don't know anything about rock music. They, they know classical and, and maybe a little bit of this, but anything outside of that, they've got no knowledge of. And he ends up awakening in these kids that not only are they good musicians because they're forced to do it, but it's because they love music and they love all music. And one of my favorite scenes in School of Rock, there's a scene where he's got a chalkboard with just this massive web diagram of like rock bands. And there's like a chunk that spins off over here and it's punk rock and he's got a bunch of bands and then there's metal and he's just got all these bands up there and he teaches these kids to play rock instruments and be great at them, but also teaches them the history of it. He gives them homework where they've got to go home and, uh, and like he gives the kid who's going to be playing drums for him, he gives them a Rush CD and he's like, this is Neil Peart. You need to be listening to this. And uh, and he gives the, the the Asian kid who's playing keyboards, he gives him, I think it's a Yes CD. And he's like, this is what you need to listen to. This is keyboards at its finest. And and he, he awakens these kids to this whole world of music that they didn't know. And so on the surface, you're like, man, this guy wasn't even really a teacher. But what sticks out about Dewey Finn is the fact that he's so passionate about it. By, uh, look, spoiler alert, whatever. By the end of the movie, obviously, he gets fired from being a sub when they realize that he's not Mr. Schneebly. Uh, but he opens his own after-school music program, and he legitimately becomes a rock music teacher. And these kids end up loving him to where, you know, they take an illegal field trip to go get him and be part of the band. And he eventually turns over the reins in complete, total, complete control to these kids. And he lets them use what he taught them. And it becomes their band where he's in the background, which is never what he wanted. He got kicked out of his band for showboat. And the like the growth of him as a person because he became a teacher, while also the growth of the kids in what he teaches them, 
ends up making him just an absolutely wonderful character. It's a very funny movie. It's very touching. The, the kids all do a great job. I love this movie. And so, yeah, I, I Dewey Finn from School of Rock, man. I still haven't seen the movie, so you sold me on watching the movie. Uh, it's a great movie, man. It's so good, dude. I've and never like seen I, it either. And like I said, he, he starts off just pretending to be his roommate to make some sub money and finds out how much this private school makes and shows up the first day hungover and he just keeps telling them they're not going to do anything. But he ends up just teaching them just, just strictly rock music curriculum and they have a blast with it and it's really good. One of the things that I really like about Jack Black in, in this role in particular is he really showcases how passion is more important than anything in teaching exactly it 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 doesn't uh at the end of the day uh you can have all the different strategies that you want uh you can you know be an expert on like bloom's taxonomy and you know higher order thinking questions and all this sort of stuff but what matters is your passion your students know when you're coming into the room and you're bullshit at the end of the day they're not going to trust you. And they eat him alive at the beginning of the movie because they know. Right. But as soon as he starts turning on that passion, right, he finds what it is that he, he likes and he latches onto that. And, and they, they see that in them and, and, and they respect that in him. And there's, there's also just so much. And I mean, and this, I'm, I know there's a lot of movies where he does that, where the, just Jack Black, you could, this could be said about him, but there's so much of just Jack Black that pours through Dewey Finn that you can tell he's so in on this role because this is something dead in real life. Just like how you know when a teacher is passionate about what they're teaching, you can tell that rock music is something that Jack Black is passionate about, so he's all in on this role. Yeah, highly recommend it. Um, One of Miranda Cosgrove's uh, first roles, if not her first. I mean, just just a great, great Nah. I've always wanted to see it, and I could have seen it in the two days that I got noticed about being on the panel, but I feel like it would have been cheating if I watched it now, because I feel like my, my, my list wouldn't have been honest if I had just been stuff that I should have seen anyway. But it's on, H- it's on HBO right now. If you haven't seen it, you got a free hour and a half. Cool. I got uh. lots of free hours and a half. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right. Um, my number three, I just made an audible right now. Uh, and I got inspired by wh- how you guys talked about, because my number three, my number, t- uh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I didn't. Uh, damn it. I made an audible. <laughs> I made an audible to my number two, not my number three. Ugh, all right. My bad. My bad. My bad. Um, all right. So my number three is also a teacher who, uh, didn't w- want to be a teacher. Wasn't planning on being a teacher and uh he was f- kind of forced into it kind of just you know by by happenstance uh was uh, was a teacher uh, became a teacher and then he also by applying himself saw what he his potential could be and he really fell in love with the profession when he put effort into it um so i thought me and debona had the same number three uh my number three is detective john kimball from kindergarten cop table there we go i I really thought about it i was like i know at least one guy's gonna have it probably too so (laughs) you know you, you know what's funny though when debona was talking 
not once did John Kibble cross my mind. I was certain you were talking about uh, about Dewey. Yeah, well, I, I haven't seen School of Rock, so that description to me, I was like, "Yeah, uh, okay. preach on." Uh huh. No, you're, you're right. Uh huh. Check, check, check. I was like, uh huh, uh huh. So, uh, all right. Um, uh, I messed up. I wrote down, and I damn fucking ink. All right. Uh, because I made an audible to my number two, and I'm a number three, and now it's all fucked up. All right, here we go. Round. Just draw two. little arrows. Dose, the sequel to Uno. All right, uh, number two, uh, David, what do we got for number two? We can talk about him now, John Kimball. <laughs> uh, Detective John Kimball, sir. Detective John Kimball. Yeah. Uh, yeah, all right. All right, John Kimball. But he's Mr. Kimball to the kids, right? To the kids, he's, uh, no, he's not Kimball at all. No, he's um, an undercover name, right? Yeah, I oh, can't right. the undercover No, 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 no. Mr. Kimball, I have to go to the bathroom. That's yeah. that's his name, dude. Oh, that's his it? name. Yeah, it's a fact. And, and you know what? I saw this movie again just like maybe a month ago. And I can't believe I forgot that. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely Kimball. <laughs> this was definitely before the age of the internet, where parents like if you made oh, this yeah. movie nowadays, you would have to change the character's name for the teacher because any parent worth their fucking salt would just Google. There's a wait. There's a there's a seven foot fucking kindergarten teacher. Let me just Google <laughs> this motherfucker real quick, and I'd be like, oh, he's a detective in Oregon. So yeah, that does not fucking. Well, here work. you go. Just just funny addendum to that before you guys get into it. So there's a thing that we have to send home at the beginning of the year where it gives parents information on how to look up our credentials. And I one time got an email from the State Department informing me that I'm one of the most researched ones <laughs> because of the fact that I teach because I teach kindergarten and pre-K. And, and you're so a dude. apparently like and I'm a dude. And so right. like par- so like it throws parents off. And so apparently uh, I've there have been quite a few times where pe- pe- parents have gone and made sure my credentials are funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're gonna, that's and that's really and weird. that fucking, and that's Alabama. What do you think is gonna happen with the rest of the fucking? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it makes, but it makes perfect sense. Imagine this. Imagine Arnold Schwarzenegger is fucking teaching kindergarten, and you're, you imagine that. Like he just comes and teaches your five year old. You're gonna be like, um, I have a question, yeah. sir. Um, people are weirded out, man. They, they yeah. like I said, people get that letter that's like, hey, I'm Mr. D. I'm gonna be your kid's kindergarten teacher. Like, do what now? They're going, um, <laughs> didn't we just see you take a lot of hot food into your mouth? Didn't we just see that on YouTube? <laughs> uh, all right. Um, so uh, go ahead. Talk about it, uh, Dave. Uh, so uh, this is what, one of the the earliest Schwarzenegger movies that I saw uh, and, and kind of helped solidify him as one of my favorite actors. So this was always going to be on my mouth. Uh, but on top of that, Kind of in the same way that Jack Black does in in School of Rock, he obviously doesn't start out as a school teacher. He's a uh, he's a detective, right? And a badass one at that, right? You you see him like n- fucking kick down doors and go into a drug den, and like he is. Uh, he, in fact, like, watching it again recently, he reminded me physically how he looks as like the strung out cop in. Uh, end of days like he's just like at the end of his rope that that sort of guy and then he keeps it together throughout the whole movie as as a teacher and he really comes to 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 care for these kids and you see how uh, from his own way 
there's uh, there's there's education going on there. Uh, it doesn't always have to be a you know by the book sort of of education. You don't have to know all of the tricks of the trade, right? Um, he just he he's flying by the seat of his pants, but but it's working, right? When 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 he lets himself come out, when he when he stops trying to be the teacher that he thinks he needs to be and starts being uh, himself in the classroom, that's that's when he starts to flourish, which is the same thing that happens in School of Rock. And, uh, and, and I think that's, that's true in real life. I think I've had the most success in the classroom when, when I'm real with my students. When uh, discussion on difficult topics comes up, I don't try to shy away from it. I, I try to, to engage. And, and I don't make it about what, what I believe. I'm, I'm just the, the arbitrator there. You know, I'm, I'm the moderator there to, to kind of facilitate their conversation and let them figure out what's going on. And, and that's, that's something that I think he does really well in, in that movie. I don't know if, if Arnold um, had great teachers when he was growing up or, or if that's something he even wanted to be. Well, his that, father was um, a teacher. His sister's a teacher. His grandfather was a teacher. So they're all, he comes from a family of teachers. Oh, does he? No, that's a fucking line from the movie, buddy. What the fuck, man? Jesus <laughs> Christ, right? God, it's a fucking literal line from the movie, say. dude. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, man. No, I don't... <laughs> No, his grandfather was a Nazi. I don't know. Like that's fucking. I don't know. <laughs> the fuck, man. Uh, also, uh, can I just tell you one of the fucking funniest things? Uh, so, like, I think it was last year, if I'm not mistaken, Dave. You, you'll correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, last year, Dave was like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna introduce kindergarten cop to to my son, right?" And his son at that point was like five, six, whatever, however old he was. And I'm like, "Oh, that's a, I love that movie, I, right?" I'm like, "I love that movie." And like 20 minutes later, he texts us. He goes, hey, I forgot uh, how different this movie was for the first 20 minutes of the movie. <laughs> I was like, yeah, man, I was going to say something, but I didn't want to be that dude who's questioning another dude's parenting, you know? But he was like, he was like, yeah, I forgot that there was a murder. There was a hooker. There was a drug deal gone bad. It was all this shit. <laughs> I had not seen that movie in like 15 years. Totally forgotten yeah. about the first 20, 30 minutes of that movie. <laughs> there's a, uh, fucking, but I put it on there's a drug overdose. He was maybe maybe four, maybe had just turned five when I put it on for him. And, oh, uh, and so that, that did not go over well. But I put it on for him again recently because um, he's really gotten into Schwarzenegger now. Uh, and I've, I've found, You're doing like, good work, few, buddy. You're doing good work. Yeah. <laughs> I've put on the few like PG and PG-13 movies that Schwarzenegger has, fast-forwarding through like some questionable parts. And, uh, and There's some really movies that are safe for him. Though. I mean, there's some movies that you that he could watch. I mean, End of Days, you could watch yeah. that. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he Eraser. Could... Eraser. Eraser. Eraser, yeah. Eraser, yeah. <laughs> yeah. R Running Man is probably the safest of them all. Yeah, that's probably it. Has I he mean... seen Terminator? Uh, actually, he has seen Terminator. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I didn't bring that one up. I was like, I'm not going to talk about the one he's actually seen. <laughs> I'm not. I'm, I'm not. I'm not supposed to bring that up. But yeah, he saw Terminator Two. Fuck, listen. I, I saw Terminator Two when when I was five years old. He's six now. Uh, I, I covered his eyes over certain parts. I fast forwarded through others, uh, and it was fine. 
You Could saw- you cover his eyes when he was naked? Uh, actually, you don't really see Arnold full frontal. Yeah, you just see his butt. You see, it's not even his butt, it's a the, side butt. It's a side butt. Yeah. You see side it butt. Was, it was just a joke, but... Yeah. He, uh, it's a side butt, though. Good side butt. That's fantastic. Oh, um, he must do squats. You think it, he squats? It, it all started... It all started because... <laughs> I think, I think Arnold Schwarzenegger squats. You think on, he squats? On my birthday... On my birthday, we were watching uh, True Lies, and he was taking a nap, and he woke up in the last, uh, like, it was when, when they were in the Florida Keys. Oh, He woke okay. up. And so at that Did point- Did he I'm sleep not, through the I'm seduction not, scene? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he was, he, he, was, uh, he, he was in his room, you know? We were, like, you know, out watching it. So uh, at that point, it's like, listen, man, an atomic bomb's going to fucking go off. Uh, a Harrier jet's going to take off. Uh, there's going to be like a million dead people. I'm not stopping this now. All right. Mm. So he kind of just sat there and Steph didn't say a fucking word. And I was like, okay. Yes. So he hasn't said a word yet. So, so when that was over, <laughs> I turned true. to her and I said, well, seeing as though he's seen the bloodiest part of this movie, why not Terminator 2? And she was like, eh, fine. Uh, John Kimball. Uh, that doesn't sound like stuff. Uh, John Kimball uh, is your number two, and it's my number three. Um, Missy? Okay. So, your number two? This is one of Julia Roberts' lesser known roles. Um, and by lesser, I mean I'm probably the only one that cares. I um, know where you're going, I think. Is, yeah. it, is it Mona Lisa so, Smile? Is it Mona Lisa's yes. smile? Oh. <laughs> it is Mona Lisa's okay. smile. Okay. Can I explain why before I get roasted? Can, tell me her name. I, I'm not going to roast. I haven't seen this movie. I can't roast you on this. I haven't seen the movie. Yeah, I've, I've, I've never seen this movie. So, uh, what's... I've never seen Mona... Okay, Mona Lisa's smile is a great movie. Her, the teacher's name is Catherine Ann Watson. Catherine and, Watson? Yes. Okay. Her middle name is Ann, but whatever. <laughs> Catherine so Watson is it is. <laughs> This sounds like a movie for broads. <laughs> it might be. It might be. Wait, wait, wait. Here's here's how to tell. Here's how to tell if it's a movie for broads. Missy, do you own this movie? No, not yet, bitch. But I'm looking for it. <laughs> so that's besides the point. Um, I just want to be clear. I just want to be clear. That was a joke. That's why I used my 1930s gangster voice and said the word broad. <laughs> Well, interestingly enough, this movie takes place in the 1950s, so you're oh, not completely. So this is a um, she, this this movie takes place in 1953. She goes to teach art history in UCLA, uh, and I think at that time, if I'm not mistaken, I haven't seen this movie in a while, but I think boys and girls did not go to school together uh, um, at the time. So it's a class of all girls taking art history, and it really so this. The reason why she's such an impactful teacher to me in this movie is because what she does for her classmate or for her students is make them um, consider their, like, push their imagination of what their potential is uh, further than what the standard is at that time, right? So most women at that time, most if not all women at that time, went to school to find a husband and then they did the wife and the the mom thing which is fine but her character is more of a 
is more of an independent feminist kind of uh, archetype. And through art history, she pushes them to, like I said, to try and consider um, other ways of thinking, other ways of considering things, other ways of behaving with each other. And for me, I have a teacher that was exactly like this for me. She taught English, but um, but it was that kind of teacher who introduced, who broke the mold up in, as far as what you thought a teacher was. And um, it's a great movie. It speaks to a lot of the, like, bougie kind of um, upper white, waspy uh, socioeconomic status of the 50s and has a great cast. And they're all, the each one of them, each one of the, the her students, they play such different characters. And it kind of, they I'm not sure they did it on purpose, but they represent a different aspect of the argument that's being presented by this non-traditional teacher that comes in to teach them art history in 1953. So, Lonely to Smile is my number two. Okay. It, 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 um, just, if, if the two of you decide that you want to watch it, uh, it is, it, it's a, it's a pretty good movie. Like, it's not just strictly like, I mean, it is a chick flick, but it, it is. It's, 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 it's one of the better ones. Here's I, a, I but here's the thing. I love chick flicks. I'm the one that, yeah, told, I'm the one that, 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 that I'm the one that, for lack of a better word, forced, um, Missy to watch Sleepless in Seattle. She had never seen it, and I'm like, you have to watch oh, this man, fucking movie. So, so, so good. So again, I love chick flicks. I'm not. I'm not. I, I, I like the broads. I honestly, you know what I'm saying? I like I broads. Honestly, think you'll like it, man. It's it's uh it's it's an it, they do a good job with the with the story in Mona Lisa Smile. Like it, the way that everything progresses, I enjoyed the movie way more than I thought. It. Yeah. Listen, in 2003, I was 20 and I needed this movie um, because I was having my own little existential crisis. And as, as in high school, I had a teacher that was very similar to her and it just... <laughs> so I do own this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I know you did. I know. I fucking saw... I've seen it in your fucking family share. I just didn't want to be that guy to be like, yeah, you fucking own it. Well, whatever. Okay. Um... <laughs> Whatever, that's the point. <laughs> it's a great movie. It's a great teacher. She's my number two. That's it. All right. Um, all right, right on, man. Uh, DeBono, what do you got for your number two? For my number two, we can talk about them now. It's mine and David's take from the Harry Potter series, and it's Remus Lupin. Um, the reason I ended up going with Remus Lupin, when you reach prisoner of Azkaban and you're on your third defense against the dark arts teacher Remus Lupin and that movie in particular but Remus Lupin is the first defense against the dark arts teacher and the first teacher who makes them face the fact that there are things in this world that are terrible and you are strong enough to defeat them and when he immediately gets into the lessons with the, what are they called, Boggins or whatever, the weird thing that pops out of the treasure uh, chest. The Boggards. Boggards, yeah. And it pops out of the treasure chest and it's like your worst, and it's your worst nightmare. And, I mean, and he gets into that, that's like day one. Like, in this chest is the thing that will read your mind. It knows what your worst nightmare is. And the world is a dark and scary place, and I'm going to make you ready for that. And to this point, in the movies, everybody, and past this point, everybody's still in denial about, you know, whether or not mm. Voldemort's actually back. And 
I know. I'm trying not to say too much. I but, can leave and come back. <laughs> no, no, no. It's fine. But so and, and and he, but he, and so there's they have defense against the dark arts, but it's been nothing until this point. It's been little man, little pansy lessons. And th- when when Remus takes over, like I said, he's a guy who says there is evil in the world. There are things that want to hurt you, and my job is to keep you alive. And Remus makes them realize that they can be brave and they they can face their worst fears and that there is a big scary world out there, but that they are capable of tackling it. And uh, I guess specifically from Prisoner of Azkaban, but because then for the rest of the movies, he's not technically a teacher or whatever, but he continues to give his all in these movies and be a very important part uh, of the children's life. But he was, he was actually the reason that I ended up really getting into Harry Potter. I had read the first book when it first came out, left it alone. There were three movies out by the time I ended up watching them. And it was Remus's character who his, his being in the movie was, and that particular movie was a tonal shift in the way things were happening. And he's a very vital part of the kids realizing that there's a tonal shift in their world and that they're getting older and he taught them very important lessons that would go on to be things that would save all of their lives. So, um, yeah, but they've got him. Also, yeah, um, Snape taught him about werewolves, which saved their life right in that movie. <laughs> werewolves, not, not apparently a big threat, but whatever, it's fine. <laughs> so, um, I, I don't want to kind of expand on anything you said because you kind of covered a lot of what I love about uh, Lupin. But what what I will say is that something I've always loved about Lupin and it's something I try to take with me into uh, my own professional life is the way that you see Lupin one-on-one with Harry. Uh, like you see that to him, teaching is not just uh, a paycheck. Teaching is not just his job. Teaching is his life. And and he will take time out from whatever it is that he is doing. And once you get to know who Lupin is, uh, he, he is clearly dealing with a lot of his own stuff. And he takes time away from everything to be there for Harry. Harry is his... It's taking care of Harry and teaching Harry trumps everything else. And, and I think for, for really good teachers, that's the way that we should be with our students where when a student comes to you and says, Hey, I need some extra help with this. It's really easy to tell them, uh, okay, well, you know, ask this guy or ask the other guy, you know, and there is something to be said for like peer, peer teaching, but to take time out of your day at the end of the day, when someone comes in and says, Hey, could you help me out with this thing? And I know a lot of teachers that do it. They'll take the time and they'll say, hey, sit here with me and we'll go over, I don't know, dangling participles or whatever it is. You know, something boring as hell that you've just spent the entire day teaching. You're going to sit there and you're going to teach it again. And you're going to find the 45th way, which that's the way that's going to work to teach that kid. And that's what that's what Lupin does. And that's what I think sets him apart from every other teacher in Harry Potter, because I thought about it. There are a lot of really good teachers in Harry Potter. McGonagall's a great teacher. Uh, Snape is a fantastic teacher. I'd, you know, I'd, I'd love that, but to me, 
he will always be the best educator at that school. All right. Uh, so that's and your. Find out why. That's your number two. It is Lupin. Um, and I did it. Sand spoilers. Hey. So uh, my number two is the uh, is the audible that I made. Uh, I was gonna use somebody else in a movie that I think is far superior than one the one I'm about to mention. However, I got inspired by the conversations that we've had. In this podcast, specifically from the Bona, when he talked about the actual showing of the teacher teaching and what the teacher does for that for the student in the classroom. So with that said, uh, I took my number two, which again, far superior film, and I made an audible. And my number two is Scott Voss from Here Comes the Boom. Uh, Oh, man, I... Uh, never seen short like that. No, that's one that I mm, just barely missed. Just barely didn't. But here comes the boom. I love this movie for multiple reasons. First of all, uh, Kevin James and I are, are brothers separated at birth, uh, and uh, I love uh, everything that Kevin James has done. I'm a fan of Kevin James, um, and even though I don't think that Paul Blart is a good movie, I still liked it. Uh, but I acknowledge that it's not a good movie, but I still enjoyed it. And I'm pretty sure I own both movies. Uh, with that said, um, uh, this, so this teacher, uh, the the whole movie is based upon this teacher who is, who used to be great. At one point, we learned really quickly throughout the movie that he, he at one point won teacher of the year. But his his passion and his and his giving a fuck has just left, and he's just one of those students now. He's just one of those teachers that literally puts his feet up on his table, is late to work on a, on a consistent basis, puts his feet up on a table, reads the newspaper, and lets the kids do it. It's a free period for the kids, <laughs> and uh, due to outstanding circumstances with Harry Winkler, uh, which some people may know from other shows like on Showtime. I don't know. Uh, I don't know what else he's done. Has he done anything else, Henry Winkler? I don't know. That's a thing. Um, and uh, <laughs> Henry Winkler, being old as fuck, uh, finds out that he's gonna be a kid. He's gonna be um, a father again uh, at, su- at a super old age. At the same time, they find out they're gonna cut the music program. Kevin James is not a music teacher in this in this movie, but because of that, uh, he decides to start taking on extra jobs to help fund the music program and that job includes being an mma cage fighter but along the way he finds his passion again and along the way he finds his passion for teaching so he becomes that animated guy again he becomes that guy teaching the students the you know it's i believe it's a science class where he starts teaching them what happens when motion gets in when when an object gets into motion he starts doing all this and then jumps on top of the table and his passion for teaching comes back uh and i loved to watch uh, the movie for multiple reasons, but just to f- focusing on the teacher aspect to see somebody do whatever it takes to make his students come alive. And I thought it was brilliantly done and fantastic. Again, love the movie, great movie. It's <laughs> when I thought, when I go through my honorable mentions, I'll tell you which movie was originally my number two, and it's a fucking far superior movie than this. But I really, really enjoyed it. Here Comes the Boom. I and, really um, enjoyed Here Comes the Boom. And being a teacher, like I know so many people who are boss at the beginning of that movie. And so it's, it's nice 
to to see that and watch it be like, well, maybe you know, maybe there's hope for everybody. Like, you know, maybe if you got into this for the right reasons, maybe you can find those reasons again. And you're right, that's what ends up making him great in the movie. Like, as you watch him remember why he became a teacher, yeah, and you you, you watch him find the fact that he loves this. And uh, man, like I said, just fair. Like that was one of my last ones that I decided not to put on my list. That's a great, and it, and it's in a family show, but it's it's fantastic, dude. I love that. Um, I love that film. Um, so that's it. That's my number two. Uh, is uh, Scott Voss from Here Comes the Boom? Um, all right. And honorable mentions. What do we got for honorable right, mentions? I've got the uh, I've got the Geek More page honorable mentions. We've got Jemiah Leonard, who's got uh, number four Dewey Finn. Number three, Professor X. Number two, John Keating. Honorable mentions to Catherine Watson. And he says this is a hard list. And number one, Major Benson Payne, which I think is a fantastic. I didn't think about yeah. him being I thought about him being a drill sergeant, but he is a teacher. I mean, in a way, right? Uh, I mean, it's an RCC or whatever. Right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Brian Conran has number four, uh, Veronica Vaughn. Number uh, from Billy Madison. Number three, Dewey Finn. Number two, Professor X. Number one, John Keating. Honorable mentions to Gandalf. Um, I think that might be stretching it a bit, but I can't say that I uh, I don't like the pick. Uh, let's go to Nary's page, and Nary, here we are. Many more comments here. Um, Natalie Wagner said, is it Wagner or Wagner? Wagner. 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 Okay. Uh, John Keating and Minerva McGonagall. So we got, uh, we got two. We got two (laughs) out of the four. Uh, John Evans has John Keating, Scott Voss, John Kimball, Mr. Hand. Uh, Will Watkins has Splinter, Professor X, Danny DeVito in Renaissance Man, and uh, Jamie Escalante in Stand and Deliver. Neary taking him to task on whether or not yeah. <laughs> was a teacher correct? Yeah, yeah, that that was a great, great back and forth there. Uh, Jody Pizark says, I know he was the principal, but honorable mention to Joe Clark and Lean on Me. Uh, Michael Hunger says, Professor Henry Jones Jr., uh, so I just want to take a moment to comment because clearly uh, Indiana Jones is my favorite character of all time, right, from any movie. But we see all of two minutes of him, like, cumulatively. Right. And, he's, uh, and he's an awful teacher. Movie. And he's an awful teacher. <laughs> and, and and I will agree, he's really fucking boring. Yeah, and not only that, only- but he fucking lies to them. He's like, X never marks the spot. Bitch, you fucking lie. Why are you lying, dog? <laughs> you a bad teacher, bro. Like, the very next scene, yeah. it's literally him marking the X marks the spot when he's telling his students that X never marks the spot. I'm like, you a bad also teacher, bro. Also probably a bad archaeologist. <laughs> oh. <laughs> only, the, only, the only worst archaeologist is uh, the chick from Suicide Squad. Oh, what's what's this? A priceless heirloom? Let's break it. What the fuck? What? Oh, man. At least Indy uh, was like, let's preserve it in my pocket so I could sell it and get fucking money. (laughs) Like, at least there's that. But Jesus. (laughs) Oh, boy. So uh, I love the pick. I just, you know, I couldn't put it on my mind. Uh, John Keating, Miss Honey, Dewey Finn. Uh, Dave Lamont says Mr. Hand better be in there. So uh, thank you, Mr. Lamont, for playing. Uh, 
Janet Gonzalez Rojas says Mr. Keating and Miss Honey from Matilda. Uh, so again, we have half a mountain. But uh, thanks for playing, Jeanette. It's good to, uh, good to see you commenting there. So what do we got? Uh, honorable mentions, what do you got, Dave? What do I got? Okay, so I took the, uh, the non-traditional ones that I was going to put on my mountain and made it my honorable mentions. So we've got Yoda, Mr. Miyagi, Charles Xavier, and Splinter. So you got three coaches and senseis, right? That's three sport. You got three? <laughs> uh, listen, man. Uh, if you've read anything about uh, Bruce Lee, you know that uh, martial arts, uh, fighting—it's not just—it's um, not just physical. Mary, did, but, you, did, did you just admit that Yoda's a coach? No, 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 no. I said uh, three. Oh. I said three, not four. Three, <laughs> three, okay. and. And I would say that uh, Yoda's much more of a teacher than he is uh, than he is a coach. That I I, I would uh, give. Well, at least there's well, that one the scene. Thing. There's that one scene where he's teaching the youngins. You know, before he lets them get massacred. I was I, w- I was I was gonna say you actually see Yoda teaching in the prequels. He is in charge of teaching the youngins. That's yeah. his only job. Uh, on top of being on the Jedi Council, the head of the Jedi Council, like that is his job. He is a teacher. Uh, and and I would say he definitely teaches. So Luke. the fact that they get uh, massacred is on him, then, right? <laughs> he brought hey, balance, to, he brought <laughs> balance to the fort. Lawyered, lawyered. Missy, well, I don't know. Isn't well, can't Yoda like Splinter is the sensei? Isn't that a word for teacher? Yeah, any uh, yeah. it's master uh, technically. Uh, but it, but it's it's master in the same in the same way that um, like your uh, a lot of a lot of these like fancy prep schools do that as well, you know. Uh, so I I just I, I would think of any one of these guys as beyond coaching. No, again, again, we talked about this earlier. Coaching bleeds into teaching, but it doesn't go the other way around. And since we already had a coaching episode, that's why. Um, coaches can absolutely I, be educators. However, we're, we already did a coaching episode. So I, I'm not debating right. the, the, so the I, fact that I these would, are educators as well. I would relent on Mr. Miyagi. However, I do think Yoda, Charles Xavier, and Splinter. Are well, Charles Xavier is le- a legit. I mean, his name is, his title is professor. So there's he's a legitimate teacher. And we've seen him in the movies teaching. Um, actual classroom teaching. Um, so, M- right. Professor X is, uh, yeah, yeah. I think the only iffy one is Yoda, only because it's not, uh, uh, again, just that one scene that we see from him. But there's an argument to be made. I, I don't think that's a in- in- And this, in- this is why I kept them as my honorable mentions. Yeah. yeah. Um, but Mr. Miyagi's a better coach. All right. So, um, Missy, what do we got? Um, I only had three. Mr. Hall from Coolidge. Mr. Griffith from EVA and uh, Mercedes Tano from Larry Crown. Oh, 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 my God, that's a good thing. Okay. <laughs> DeBona, what do you got? Um, I've got two. Um, Terrence Fletcher from Whiplash. Oh, um, fuck, I hate he him. He definitely, get, look, he's super unorthodox and yeah, he smacks some kids around, but he definitely gets the most out of uh, Miles Teller. I can't remember his name from the movie. He also but, gets um, students to kill themselves, but whatever. I mean, yeah, sure, if you want to. Uh, so, yeah. 
<laughs> so, um, yeah, Terrence Fletcher from Whiplash and uh, Mr. Newman from Wet Hot American Summer, played by David Hyde. Nice. That's right. Yeah, what yeah. a great pick. That's a good one. I grabbed my sword. <laughs> so, yeah, those are the only two honorable mentions I have. Uh, hold on a second. Um, my honorable mentions are Miss Vaughn. Mrs. Vaughn. Vaughn. From uh, <laughs> Happy Gilmore. Um, then this was going to be my number what, two. What, 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 what was the line? Like, do you want some milk? Look at all this milk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can have the snack queen. I'll go over here. Um, the number, the pick that was going to be my number two uh, that I called the audible at the last minute was uh, was uh, Dr. Sean McGuire from Goodwill Hunting. Uh, that's, See, now, I didn't uh, pick him because great. I thought of him more as a therapist than a teacher. Again, he's a teacher, and we see him in a classroom. And to be yeah. honest with you, he did teach me that Darwin did a lot of coke. So that's what he personally taught me. Um, so there is that. I'm not debating whether he was a teacher or not. I'm just saying that the movie focused more yeah. about uh, outside the classroom per se. So, I, again, I, I was going to make the strong argument for him, and I don't want to keep going in case somebody else has them on their list. So let's move forward. Um, but uh, that's why I changed it up to uh, Scott Voss. Uh, and then um, my uh, the other honorable mention is Mary Poppins. So there you go. That's my honorable mention list. Mary Poppins? Yes. The nanny. Okay. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, a governess would uh, would teach her governess. That's her, um, her wards. Yeah. I like it. Uh, I don't know what she said. Oh, yeah. I don't know what Dave said, but no. I think he agreed with me. So I'm just going to go with Mary Poppins. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm going to just, Mary I'm going to take the win. I don't know what he said, but I'm going to take the win, man. Uh, <laughs> I think I, I think I upset Missy when I sexualized Mary Poppins. It's fine. I, I have a therapy appointment tomorrow, so take care of it. Which one? Which one? The original, man. Oh, okay. I mean, <laughs> you make it seem as if the fucking new one is no, like a, no, a, a, a pile of dog no, shit. Don't, no, oh, don't get me wrong. Emily Blunt? Yeah, no, I, nothing. Well, absolutely nothing against Emily Blunt, but I was specifically referring Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I will say when I when I think Mary Poppins, I uh, I don't think Emily Blunt. Yeah, no, I think of the good one too. Um, all right, so. Uh, <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I can't. Round one. This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. Do it! Do it! Come on! Come on! All right, man. Number one picks. Uh, Dave, what we got? All right. So my number one is John Keating from Dead Poets Society. Mine too. Ugh. Um, so d- you want to go first, Abona? No, go ahead, man. Okay. So in... Uh, is, it, is, it in Dan? My... is it Dan Keating? John. John. John Keating. John Keating. John Keating. So um, through throughout my academic career my English teachers were always my favorites. And, and that is very likely why when I decided that I, I did want to teach, I was teaching uh, English as opposed to teaching history or something, right? And when I first saw Dead Poets Society, I was in high school. So this is you know, a number of years after it had come out already. Um, I would say that Robin Williams' performance as John Keating is just as influential on me becoming an English teacher 
as any of my English teachers. This is in many ways who I model myself after as an English teacher. The way that he challenges his students to question authority, to think outside the box, to look at the world from different angles, to, to do what makes you happy. All of those things are things that you would hope your teachers are, are teaching you and your children. Um, and, and sadly, as the movie shows us, uh, that's, that's not the case. And you don't have to go to some, some ritzy private school to, uh, to have that sort of behavior shut down. It happens in public schools uh, where you're told, hey, so this is the curriculum. You're teaching to the state test. Don't go outside of the box. And I had, when I was teaching in public schools, a number of administrators tell me that my, uh, my way of teaching was unorthodox and they didn't care for it. And, uh, and, and I was threatened a number of times. And that's part of the reason why I left the public school system. Um, I, I can say with 100% certainty that if it weren't for the teachers in my life, like John Keating and for John Keating, I would not be the man that I am today. Um, and it's because of teachers like that, that I think we have good people in this world who are willing to stand up and say, uh, no, no, this is me. And, and this is how I see life. And uh, it's, it, it's not always, it's not always easy. Right. Um, it's uh, in fact, it's, it's oftentimes um, a very laborious work to do that. But still, you persist. And my favorite thing about that movie is that once he's taken the fall for for the you know new dead poet society, and he goes back to his classroom and you know he picks up all his stuff. There's not a single ounce of malice in him. He understands that this is what he needed to do to give these kids uh, a fair shake at life. These kids. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Every time I hear that phrase, I just, these kids. How can I get through to these kids? Sorry. If if, if I'm half as good a teacher as John Keating. I doubt it. I think that, uh, yeah, I doubt it. uh, It's just a funny thing to say, Missy. He's not fucking hurt. (laughs) Jesus, let the joke ride. The moment you make the joke real, then it becomes real. I was joking. I don't know how, I don't, I've never seen, they haven't, you know, when they make a movie off David, then we could, compare the two and say which one was a better teacher i don't know i've never been in that's David's a good question school. dave if they were making a movie about you being a teacher who would you want them to cast with you uh well i mean they made three movies about me and my people um i was gonna they s- then did the extended <laughs> editions uh which were considerably longer they then did a prequel um, trilogy this is my fault this is my fault guys well i, I the moment you asked the question i was like well they already had frodo so i mean you're gonna have uh <laughs> Yeah, I mean the same guy who played him the first time around, I guess. Uh, that, but that would be a good question. Who would you guys get to play you guys in a uh, in a cinematic movie about your teaching career? Uh, I I've been told that I I look somewhat like um, I think his name is Jared Padalecki, the guy that plays uh, Leonard in um, Big Bang Theory. The Big Bang oh, right, Theory. Right. He's also David. Uh, 
from Roseanne. Roseanne. Yeah. Right. The Bona? No, uh, it's not Padalecki. Pat- is, is it Pat- is it? No, no Galecki. It's, Gale- it's Galecki. It's Galecki. supernatural. Galecki. Yeah. Okay. Pat- yeah, that's yeah, why I was like, but that's what you're like, yeah, I've been told I look like Padalecki, and I was like, <laughs> no, 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 no! The guy from Big Bang Theory. I don't. Yes, I am not. Yes. I am not hot lucky. enough to be any of those guys from Supernatural. I'm wondering. Here's the thing. All right. So, not based upon looks, based upon who you think could pull off your style of teaching. Who would you? Who would you cast? It, oh man, man, Dan Fogler. <laughs> uh, it would, from honestly, and I, I talked about him earlier, but it would be Jack Black. Mm. I mean that that that's how I teach, man. Um, it's, it's funny with my, my connection to Dead Poets Society starts on a very different track than David's, which is when I was in high school, I hated English. I, I mean, I love reading, but I hated the way that my teachers taught English. When I went to college and decided I was going to be a teacher, I was, I thought I was going to be like a history teacher and a baseball coach. And then I saw this movie and I was like, oh my God, are there, are there English teachers that don't just constantly tell kids they're wrong for interpreting something differently than them? And there, there are, and so then, so then my thought process became, man, like, what if I took something that I didn't like in high school and I became a guy who made people who don't like it, like it. And I was on track to do high school English for quite a while before I fell into the fact that I'm just very good um, with, with small kids and with special ed. But so I saw this movie my freshman year of college and uh, and kind of changed my track. And I am. But then I get But then when my teaching career starts, it sounds like we've had some very similar experiences where I very much model the fact that I'm going to do what I'm going to do. And if I'm not breaking any laws and my kids are learning and and they're engaged and we're having a good time, then, you know, do what you've got to do if that becomes the case from uh, from a higher up perspective. And. I started teaching from the perspective of if I ever get lo- let go from this job, I I want there to be a riot. Like if if I get let go because of the way I teach, and and it's and it's because it's you know because it's unorthodox that I want people to riot. Like I want it to be a big deal. And it was because I watched this, and I was like, man, this guy just goes for it. He does what works, and he's passionate, and he makes these kids. Not he doesn't just make them learn; he makes them love what what they're doing. And can I just tell you something understand. real quick? I would love to see uh, kindergarten kids get on a table and say, "Oh, captain, my captain!" <laughs> I think that would be the fucking tits to just see a bunch of four or five year old kids and be like, "My captain, my captain! Oh, captain, my captain!" And I just think that would be the fucking tits, and you could just see the Bono walking out with his box of crayons and shit, and he's just like walking out. It's fucking fantastic. I would love that, man. And and a man like you watch this movie and it's just it's so emotional and he just this is like this is uh, even comedic work included this is far and away my favorite Robin Williams movie not just his favorite series not just my favorite of his serious roles this is my favorite Robin Williams movie and and I it's it's inspirational. It's it's a beautiful movie, and he's just this amazing, amazing man who makes these kids realize that it you know you can like what you like, and and you can find meaning in things that you've been told your whole life are meaningless. 
and you and he's just such an inspiration and it's just i mean it, it's it is it's just so so good and like i said yeah this was he i i i do the same thing as david man i think about the passion that he put into what he was doing and and taking kids that don't care about what he's telling them and teaching them and making them care, not just making them remember it so they can take a test, but making them remember it because they love it and because they care about it and they want it to be a part of their life. And I know that, you know, like that it's from, from one angle that it's, it is a lot different to do that in kindergarten and pre-K, but I still take that same level of enthusiasm to, you know, dancing to songs that teach you the days of the week and, and, and the alphabet and stuff like that. And I make it something that they understand is important and it's fun and, and they just genuinely come to love it. And that this movie is a very, very big part of that. That's awesome. And I wish I would have seen this movie awesome. before I saw Good Will Hunting. Uh, I saw I saw Good Will Hunting first, which didn't chronologically come out first. And I saw Good Will Hunting first. And I, fe- I mean, that's one of my top, movies of all time goodwill hunting and then by the time i saw dead post society i was doing that thing where i was comparing the two which you shouldn't really because i mean whatever aside from the fact that they're the same actor um but uh i just didn't have that connection to it the way you guys do it but i'm glad you guys have that connection because it's like you guys the fact that you guys made a career out of that connection to this movie is a beautiful thing um but uh, go with Hunty's better. All right, so uh, thing I've ever heard you say directed at me here. <laughs> that is, you know, I had to. Uh, well, that's you know, that's because you're dumb, bro. Um, I've, <laughs> I can't. I don't know how to fucking. I don't know. How to, you know, not take compliments. Uh, Missy, what is your number one? I don't want to go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so scared for my safety right now. I'm waiting Come for on, I'm waiting for Missy to be like pass. <laughs> just, <laughs> what? Pass. Like, you know what? My number one, John Keating, now too. Y'all go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can I just what they said? Okay. Okay. I'm gonna keep it honest, and I'm gonna say that my number one pick is um. Sean from Goodwill Hunting. What the fuck? Wow. No, I'm kidding. I love it. I love it. I fucking love it. Why That's would you? Great pick. Why would you not? Why would you feel bad about that pick? That was gonna be my number because, two. Why would that? Yeah. Because for because okay, because in the context of their relationship, of Sean's relationship with Go, with Will, they're they're not student teacher in the traditional sense, which is what I I built my list around. Um, but I also think that if he had been, if Will had gone, had, had gone through the traditional university, whatever, they would have crossed paths and they would have had a very similar relationship and he would have had the same kind of influence on him regardless. So that's my leg that I'm standing on for, for that. And I think that, um, really the essence, I have not seen Dead Poet Society, so that's, I will put that out there and I could have, but again, I felt like I was. I would have been cheating if I tried to binge it now. It makes sense in my head. I promise. I think what she's trying um, to say is that if she watches a movie, she's afraid that just because it's fresher in her memory that it will rank right. higher. Yeah. yeah. It's, the da- yeah. It's, the da- it's the David Concert theorem. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Sure. Um, <laughs> That's exactly what it is. <laughs> I, I got to stop texting people as I'm driving home from a concert. <laughs> 
before I get into my car, I'm like, guys, this is the greatest show ever. <laughs> because in Dave's defense, that it's, year, it's actually his autocorrect. It's actually his auto, like his autofill. It literally is like, guys, it's like this, and he's like, is the greatest concert I've ever been to. Like, like, <laughs> like he hits the middle button while he's driving. Just <laughs> yeah, he just he hits the middle button and it's like, yeah, it's the greatest concert I've ever been to. Yeah, series like, yeah, I got it from here. I got it. It's fine. <laughs> Anyway, um, I just think that they're, they're, I think the essence of their relationship is the very best part of a teacher-student relationship that you could have, which is compassion and empathy. And it's an adult or a person of authority or a person that has, that is, a, a, for lack of a better term, above you, coming down to meet you at your level and sitting with you, whether it's in the gutter or a diner or whatever it is. And I think that the, the when I first saw this movie, I had a similar kind of impact in how Dead Poet Society had an impact on YouTube, where I was like, I want to, I want to make that kind of change in somebody's life. And the only avenue at that time that conceptualized in my head that was possible was being a teacher. Um, and I think that Sean, as a character. Uh, I would have loved to have him in my life and for a million reasons that I could break down every single scene that they have together to explain to you why but the the gut punch I think I said this a few episodes ago where like I it's hard for me not to have emotional reactions to art that I connect to like like my DNA connects to um, can I watch Hamilton at all at any given point you can drop me wherever you want to in that in that show and i'll start sobbing i just can't do it and the it's not your fault scene of goodwill hunting i i could have i could skip to that scene and it just because it's not just what sean is saying but what you're watching will like cognitively start begin to accept and the level of tension and anger that somebody that has that deals with that has experience of dealing with abuse but whatever spectrum you want to, that, to land on it's like it's not just but it's the, not just what sean was saying it's what he wasn't saying at the same time it, it's what he wasn't saying so good. and that so good. it's not your fault could apply it's not specific to just abuse survivors i think it just it matters so tons of things, things that you could you could take and you could be like, man, I could have gone left and not right, and now this is why X Y Z. It's not your fault. You didn't know. So, um, but in the context of that conversation, that it's not your fault, and connecting to that kind of connecting with Will, me connecting with Will on that level where you're for the first time it occurs to you that the actions taken by other people, like you did nothing wrong. It was that they're projecting their shit onto you. Unfortunately, you had to deal with it, but it's not your fault. And that's such a powerful thing for somebody to tell you. And the capacity of as their relationship is said between therapists and, and well, unofficial therapists or whatever, counselor, mentor. But I really do believe that um, it's because Sean is a good teacher that he's able to reach will the way that he does and build a connection that he does and do so much good for this kid that really is just like kind of banging his head against the wall without and it just takes one person 
to kind of gr- like shake your shoulders and you like stop <laughs> and you know put things in order for you and I don't think that in the context of this relationship the character Sean would have been as good as what he was doing or the, or what he did for Will if he hadn't been a teacher and that that to me is why I think as far as again my mom can make change when I watch the, the list like you know when I come across the movies that I haven't seen I'm I'm completely open to it but I actually own Dead Poets Society and I know that I'm gonna fucking love it like I have the same instinct about Dead Poets Society that I did about Across the Universe because I never saw Across the Universe in the movie theaters but I bought it because I was like I know that this fucking movie is gonna be amazing it's like and me and Charlie's Angel it's like me and Charlie's Angels I was like I know <laughs> that this is gonna be a good movie <laughs> You were totally wrong about that, but whatever. So anyway, so yeah, that's that's my number one. I know that it doesn't fit the. the no, it fits your it fits your criteria, and that's all that matters. Right. I had it as my and, number and like two, it, and that's fine. You it, and and like I said, I only said that, that like because the reason that I the the just the reason the way I talked myself out of also having him like the reason I justified him not making it mine was I was like I was just like well it was like a therapist thing so i'll you know i'll i'll cycle them out so i've got no problems with them being there that was just my reasoning for taking mm-hmm. yeah no absolutely i i i'm a thousand and ten percent again who is my number two i love this movie it's uh to me uh to me that is like what the bonus said about uh dead poor society to me google hunting is my favorite role of um of uh Robin and and uh, and again, this is a you know we're all huge Robin Williams fans. We should probably do a mountain of his. Um, but that's to me is the that to me is the like the the, the top the criminal the crime is is good with hunting. His performance good with hunting is great. So you don't have to defend that pick at all. BFF that that pick is fucking fantastic. I I love that movie. I love that character. Everything the way he gets him to open up. The, you know he starts talking about baseball. That scene to me. Where he's talking about baseball and he's like, "Oh man, did you rush your field?" He's like, "What? No, I was at a bar meeting and talking to my future wife." <laughs> and he was like, "What the fuck? What are you talking about?" And he's like, "Yeah." And he's and your friend, who are you? These friends that let you? He's like, "They knew I was serious." I just pushed a ticket across the table and said, "I gotta go see about a girl." And that fucking line to me, I was like, "Oh my god, I gotta go see about a girl." So I I fucking feel you, man. I I hey, how are you? He looks. He can't hear us. Oh. Oh, he's got a sweater. I was like, why does he look like he's a floating head? Um, <laughs> he looks like he looks like Raven. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> uh, so yeah, but that's, that's a great that's, pick, BFF. That's a fantastic pick. Number one, Sean, Sean, Sean uh, McGuire. Uh, he has the last name McGuire. Sean, Doctor Sean McGuire. Doctor, I know. Yeah, I know it. Um, hi guys. Hello. Hi. 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 All right. We're good. Uh, so Sean McGuire and uh, my number one is again. Uh, I, I'm still like, I know I get it. You know, uh, Dave uh, is very busy and he does a lot of things and he's you know he doesn't have time. But uh, this is one of those movies where I wish he would have seen it because it's such a powerful movie. And I saw it for the first time maybe a year ago, maybe or two years ago. I don't know. I don't think it was that long ago. And it was balls to the wall, uh, amazing on every aspect. And it, my number one is Mr. Holland from Mr. Holland's Opus. 
um to me it showed it was everything it was we talked about teachers who didn't want to be teachers who were just taking this in the meantime they were just taking a gig because it pays the bills and he's writing his opus and he's writing this thing that he's going to finish it's going to be great and then his wife gets pregnant so he needs a job and he go get it and um you want to talk about a scene as far as you know not to spoil anything but as far as like hey i want there to be a fucking riot if i ever get fired you like you watch mr holland's opus you go god damn when you see that final scene you go hold i mean i i could have i busted open in tears multiple times in that movie multiple times one of my the fact that he was a music teacher and he loved music and he loved being a conductor and then his son is born with a condition and you just it's mind-blowing again i'm trying very hard not to say things because i really want my friends who have not seen this movie to watch this movie because it is um to me when i saw this movie if i would have seen this movie in high school oh i would have been a teacher i believe that wholeheartedly i'm like oh i would have been it it just it was whole other level man it's whole other level richard dreyfus i dare say at his best performance um yeah i I was i I didn't want to interrupt but uh but i'm going to now uh in in a reality where jaws exists (laughs) this is his best role have you did you see the movie finally dave i thought you said you hadn't seen it I thought you said you hadn't oh, yeah. seen it. Oh yeah, um, but uh, I, I thought. Oh man, you, I, I thought you had said that. All right, so uh, yeah, I, it's it's. I just I love this role. I love this movie. Um, what he tells his kids when he, you know when he's talking to that one kid, and uh, again, not spoiling anything, but he's uh, he's taking that one student who has massive amount of talent and just doesn't give a shit. And he takes him somewhere and he said, who, who was that? And he said, it's another student that I had that had far less talent than you have, but had so much more, gave everything he had to, to, to music. I mean, that was just beautiful, dude. I, I mean, I, I get choked up thinking, I fucking love this movie. And it's the only reason I don't watch this movie more often is because my tear ducts would not allow me to. That I'm like, hey, bro, what are <laughs> you fucking doing? And yeah, no, like, uh, and it's it's also one of those movies where I don't know if I don't know if Dave has experienced this or not, but it's one of those movies where there's a couple of quintessential scenes that always show up, like at beginning of the year, like teacher meetings, like let's remind yeah. you why you do this. <laughs> <laughs> it's like here's always a scene. There. It's like here's a scene from you know Remember the Titans, and here's a scene from Mr. Holland's Opus and stuff like that. You know, so Mary, but, uh, Mary and I had had a. a I think it was about a year ago that he and I were having this conversation and that exact scene about, uh, you know, the, the sun and all that came up and I was like, I haven't seen this before. He's like, Oh, you got to watch this shit. Mm-hmm. And I knew about the movie be- specifically because anyone who does a professional development at the beginning yep. of the school year is going to do some sort of video compilation <laughs> at Mr. Holland's opening. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> no, no, it's going to be filled to the brim with like teacher moments, but yeah, you're, you're, you're going to have the Mr. Vernon, you messed with the bull, you get the bull. Yeah, and you're, you're going to have, <laughs> uh, you're going to have the scene from, uh, I think it's called like fighting with giants or something. And it's like the, it's like facing the, the giants, facing the giants. Yeah. Like yeah. there's just certain scenes that are in all beginning. <laughs> Take off your blindfold. You're in the end zone. End zone. Yep. <laughs> Missy, Missy bought that movie. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> Missy bought that movie for that one fucking scene. 
and she and when I told her when I saw I was like why did you buy this movie and she said it was on sale for five dollars and she then said I only bought it for this one scene and you have to look at this one scene and I put my hand up and I said is it the scene in the football field where he said take off your blindfold and she said oh so you've seen the movie I go no but I have YouTube and I've seen the fucking clip <laughs> She spent five dollars to buy one scene that she could have just looked up on YouTube. You know what? <laughs> or been at a teacher conference. Apparently, you just go to a teacher conference and they have that fucking scene. <laughs> I pride myself on being able to come up with an argument for any situation that he got me. I was like, duh, yeah, I guess. I don't know what to do. Like, I fucked up. But yeah, if you ever want to watch that scene, it's in my couch. <laughs> If you ever want to watch that scene and you don't have to go through the trouble of fast forwarding instead of just going to YouTube and get yeah, right to the scene. <laughs> yeah. All right. Oh, man. I'm never going to live that down. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I didn't even know that you were talking about that movie. I didn't know you guys were talking about the movie, but just by the name. I don't know it by name until Dave said, take off the blindfold. I go, oh, oh, I got a story. <laughs> oh, you're in the end world. <laughs> Wait, and as he's saying that, I'm like, 10 seconds. I have a 10-second window, and this is another fucking thing. And sure enough, here we are. Um, yeah. So, all right. So, Mr. Holland from Mr. Holland's office. The, the what? <laughs> no one brought up the substitute. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Doesn't he bring a gun to school? <laughs> Not, the substitute was great, but you know which one was great, too? John Belushi in The Principal. Oh, that's such a fucking good movie too, man. I never seen that. Oh, never it's so it. good, dude. It's so good. It's it's it was a substitute before the substitute. He's not a cop or anything crazy like that. It's he's a principal at a like posh school and he gets in trouble for some sh- arbitrary shit and then he gets sent to an inner city school. And he's the principal of an inner city school and it's him and Lou uh, um um I was going to say Lou Diamond Phillips, but it's not Lou Diamond <laughs> Phillips. It's um Iron Eagle Lou. What's his name? Um Lou Albano. No, <laughs> from, no, that's Captain no I, from, <laughs> from Iron Eagle, from uh, what, what what's Lou Lou um Gossip Junior, Lou Gossip Junior and and uh, uh Jim Belushi, and they are and they're like a team of like principal and I don't know what what the uh, what Lou Gossip Junior played, but they take back the school from the fucking hoodlums, and uh, yeah man it's fuck I love that movie I mean it's again when the substitute came out what. <laughs> Does it hold up now? Uh, I don't think any movie really holds up now, man. There's a lot of movies you go, oh boy. I think at the beginning of the movie, I think at the beginning of the movie, he was um, watching kids take a test and he was watching a girl with, like he was looking at uh, with binoculars to see who was, like if anybody was cheating. And then at one point, the binoculars zoom over to a girl to under her skirt. So I don't think this movie fucking, uh, uh, yeah, you know. Um, <laughs> Turns out we frown upon that now. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we call it the good old days, man. Um, all right, so uh, all right, so the number ones were John Keating twice, uh, Sean McGuire, and uh, Mr. Holland from Mr. Holland's Opus. We have three repeats. Uh, we have Lu- uh, Professor Lupin from Harry Potter, uh, Prisoner of Azkaban. We have John Kimball, Detective John Kimball twice, and we have John Keating twice. So those are the three repeats that we have, uh, and then the rest uh, we have one more um, slot available for number one. So what? What do you I'm, guys? I'm gonna 
I'm going to lobby for um, for Miss Norberry. I think I think we should have a, a, a female teacher on the mountain. Well, no, she's he's literally saying to check the box because he put her as her number as his number four. So that's not. Yeah, he's no, not the. She was my number three, sir. Yeah, my but number three, sir. That's still not the. You still had two people above her. So it's not because she's the best. And it's because you want to put a woman in there. And again, it's just for the sake of having a woman. I'm fine with it. But it's not because she's the best. Because you you well, didn't I, think I she would, was the best. I would like I would like to diversify the mountain. Oh. So to check the box. <laughs> No, the, I, would you I, rather the box not be checked? No, I would rather the box be checked because she earned it, not just because she has I, the, the female part. I think she earned it. I put her on my mountain. But it's your bronze, not even silver or gold. Yeah, my silver and gold are already in. <laughs> he wants a perfect mountain. Dude. Would, he wants a perfect I mountain. I do want the perfect mountain. <laughs> <laughs> he wants a perfect mountain. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I was like, all right. But tell me I'm wrong. But tell me I'm wrong. I mean, I no, because I'll fight you for Catherine Ann Watson over Miss Norberry. I, I, I haven't seen that movie, so I don't. Know. I'll get out. I I would rather marry Clarence, Sister Mary Clarence, than uh, than. I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay with I'm that. I'm okay with that. I mean, she's she's not you know. And she checks off two boxes. Fight. She checks off two boxes, sir. A minority and two counts. I. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, if 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 I were if I were gonna pick somebody for that fourth spot, I mean I, I I haven't seen Sister acting God knows how long. I can't really fight for or against that one. Um, I think that I think that uh, while Mr. Holland's Opus didn't make my list, I do think that that it's a very inspirational story, and so much of it does hinge on what he's actually, you know, like teaching as his subject and and things like that. So and plus, guys, more- the white male never gets any representation, dude. <laughs> We have to put a white male. <laughs> <laughs> so I look. I've I've got two in there. I, I think the, the the one thing I would say about Tina Fey's character is she does she does also check that box of like the cool teacher, right? Like she's the one who like like people you know like the kids want to be friends with, and they want to impress her, and they don't want to let her down type thing. And that can be a very important part of, of being a teacher. Um, so I like I, I, I honestly. I was gonna say I like Mr. Holland, uh, not just because of my pick, but uh, that's you know I think he's a great teacher, and the whole movie was about him teaching. Like it wasn't, it, yeah, it, and, he wasn't uh, an afterthought that, in the that film. That is also yeah. why I would lean more towards that because it is that is a movie about his teaching, and and it the, the movie does hinge more on his. But, but also, and Miss Honey adopted the fucking never... chick. So shut up! That's a spoiler. <laughs> Uh, something that almost never figures into our, our decisions. Uh, I think Mr. Holland is a much more iconic character than just about any of the others. Mm-hmm. What well, I mean that him and John Keenan are, are really up there. I feel like yeah. Well, I, but I'm talking about the, yeah. the ones the ones that are yeah, in yeah. contention yeah. the spot. I agree, and that's that's all. That's why I'm, I would lean more towards Holland. All right, yeah. so Mr. Holland is great. I got two. All right. <laughs> 
Um, so we got Mr. Holland, John Kimball, uh, John Keating, and Lupin, uh, Professor Lupin from uh, Harry Potter, Prisoner of Azkaban. That is our mountain. Thank you guys for checking us out. Make sure you check out the other podcasts on the Geek Bro Network. Make sure you guys go to geekbro.net, check out the other podcasts, including, but not limited to, uh, the other podcast that the bonus a part of, uh, which is What You Got, which you could go on uh, uh, geekbro.net and click on the link, and you see all his uh, YouTube adventures of eating food that he probably should not be eating. Uh, <laughs> actually kill me. Yeah, and then what's uh, and then the other bo- podcasts include uh, again not limited to Pero let me tell you what's up, bro. Uh, Mamas of Merlot um, and uh, Comedy Fitness. Uh, so make sure you guys check that out. Check out Missy's writing at missythewriter.com. Missywrites.com. Missywrites.com. I was gonna say I didn't know it changed. No, missywrites.com. No, it's missywrites.com Missy, Missy and it's Missy the Writer on Instagram. There you go. I I was halfway to I'm gonna write one soon. Missywrites.com and Missy the Writer uh, on Instagram. Uh, thank you guys for checking us out. Uh, uh, check out my podcast. Oh, my, I'm sorry, my website at NarrySigns.com or WhatWasHisName.com. Uh, I'm trying to get back into posting uh, clips, comedy clips of, of me doing stand up. Uh, obviously, they're old because we're in a fucking quarantine and we can't do stand up anymore uh because uh florida is florida um thank you guys for checking us out that's how lists are made <laughs> <laughs>